On today's episode of More Important Issues, we talk Vol Hoops and their win over South Carolina. We look forward to the Kentucky game on Saturday. We also look around at college basketball and a couple exciting games from Super Tuesday. Guys, we have some new exciting news. You can now call into the show, so make sure you listen to tonight's show, today's show, to figure out how to do that. Today's segments include Jumbotron and Stupidity is an Epidemic. More Important Issues is brought to you by MyBookie. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking for me asking me for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. And the truth is, I don't know who, who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell my people to go to my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are the best bet this season. They've been in the business for years. They have great reviews online. And their mobile site's easy to use. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. So I'm urging you to make my way to my bookie. When you win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now. My bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar if you use the promo code ISSUE to activate the offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code ISSUE when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. You win, you win, you play, you get paid. Rid it, dit to do, and welcome into more important issues. It is Sunday, February 17th. I'm sorry, your Vols are no longer undefeated in SEC play. They are we're not on a 20-game winning streak like I thought. We may be after Saturday, but all is fine. Hopefully, um, really, it's I mean it's fine if you go and beat Fandy. I might be the sky's falling crowd though if you lose on Tuesday. Yeah, and the losses see that's a problem is everybody wants to be these happen losses are fine like and I agree it is a part of sports it's a part of basketball even more so basketball than other sports but it, it's a part of it but you know some teams and I think this team's mature enough to respond positively I think so. But if they don't, then the loss is bad. So I tweeted it today. The people who are screaming the sky is falling are annoying. But the people who are like, it's fine. You just don't understand basketball. Those people are equally as annoying. Equally as annoying. Yeah. So, because we played terrible on Saturday night against Kentucky. And you can blame the refs because it was poor officiating. But the fact of the matter is we played terrible. Pretty yeah, much we, from the start. We looked absolutely Especially coming out of the second half. The second yeah. half was, I mean, even the first half, you played horrible, but you you still found yourself only down six going into halftime. Yeah, it wasn't as bad, um, like you said, at halftime. Um, definitely still within play. You felt like our better, our best basketball was ahead of us at that point. Um, and we just couldn't, we couldn't score. We couldn't play defense. Um, we got into foul trouble. I mean, is our two, Alexander and Schofield both got ended up fouling out. Schofield went into halftime with zero fouls, I think. Yeah. So, which is never good. And Kentucky was within the in the bonus within six minutes. Yeah, we were two fouls half. away from having four of our five starters out. Yeah. So, I'm 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 not disagreeing. Like it was poor officiating, but the fact of the matter is, we played bad basketball. We shot 28 percent from three. 40 percent from the field isn't terrible. Uh, normally. But for this team, it's it's much below its average. Um, it just isn't isn't good, and it, it's never good when you have two starters, especially contributors like Schofield and Alexander, fouling out. 
Schofield had 17 points, six rebounds. You want him on the court for the full 40 if you can. Yeah. Um, and, th- and there were guys, I thought, for Kentucky that, that played some of their best basketball the other night, uh, P.J. Washington being one of them. Um, and he's a guy that's up for SEC Player of the Year, and you're talking about him playing his best game against us. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he, I mean, he looked good. He dominated us. Yeah, and any Duke fan that tweeted at us and was like, yeah, we beat Kentucky by 20, you're obviously – you're showing everyone that you don't pay attention to college basketball if you think this is the same Kentucky team. Yeah. So thank you for proving that you're an idiot. We appreciate that. Um, I, I, I think the thing that bothers me the most is just how, like – more physical they played than us. Yeah, and that's not in you know that's not normal for Tennessee. Um, I mean, I feel like defensively this year we we've not been as physically dominating as uh, last year, and I think maybe some of that was just the way we had to play to compete. And that that's not the case this year. Most of the time we've been able to outscore people, um, but last night they were just more physical end to end, and didn't allow us to score. Um, just score sixty nine points, and you know. Some of those points may have been gimmies, but they dominated us on the board. Um, they they played a better brand of basketball. Yeah. So, yeah, there was I'll, I I'll say it. There were some bullcrap foul calls, but all in all, they just played better basketball than us, and that's why they won. And this was the first game I've seen uh, this Tennessee team just not give effort on multiple plays. Right. Um, and that's that's not our game. So I don't know what kind of the deal was. Maybe they're you know down and out and. Or, or whatever, but there was some quit in that team last night. And, you know, if there's anything that I don't want to see, it's quit because I get enough of it from football season. Yeah, right. Um, so, I mean, we didn't look like a top ten team. We didn't look like a top five team. We for sure didn't look like the number one team in the country last night. No, we didn't. Uh, it was just a, it was a lot of, uh, you know, missed assignments. Um I, it just didn't look like Tennessee basketball. We weren't moving the ball around. You finished a team total of 11 assists. I mean, that's like six shot, five shot of your average. Um, and, and then the offensive rebounds you allow them to grab. That's just lazy, lazy basketball. I, I don't know how else to put it. Yeah, and, and I think that's a kind of a turnoff from this game. Is like, yeah, losses are going to happen, but it felt like this loss. If it if it wasn't the full loss, wasn't because of it. The seventeen point loss was was because we just didn't look like we were there, and that's why it's frustrating to me. You you look at this you know body of work as a whole, and a lot of these games you've won because you've grinded. Like yeah, you've been the number one team for four weeks. You've gotten everyone's best shot. You probably got one of Kentucky's best shots last night, um, but you've been able to grind out those victories at Vandy and Alabama. And yeah, those aren't great teams, but bottom line was they were shooting well. They had players playing career games. You had to grind out a victory, and you did. And then you've gone in and taken care of business and beat pretty good teams, decent teams, by 20, by 15. Um, so this just was very, very uncharacteristic. And, and Kentucky's a team where you can't just go in there and you know let them get on a 20-0 run and just think you're going to come back all of a sudden. Yeah. No, they they're, they aren't going to – you know, they're yeah, they're young, but their, their talent makes up for, you know, their age. Um, and then – they they shouldn't have been as physically dominating as they were. Um, um, I mean, P.J. Washington's a big body, but you got guys that can bang around with him. Yeah, and Tyler Hero is a six five freshman white guy, and he had thirteen rebounds. Yeah, that that shouldn't happen. He two had three on, one, on play. one play. Three. They just said two. He had those two offensive oh, okay, rebounds. Right. Yeah, yeah, he got okay. Yeah. Three. Yeah, he had those two offensive rebounds on the same three play. Shots. But again, that just that's 
that play was just bad. It looked like no one wanted to be out there. Um, no one was no one was finding guys to box out. Um, it again. It my knock isn't that we lost on this team. My knock is how we lost. Oh yeah, I agree. That that and that's why I'm annoyed with everyone trying to say losses happen. You don't understand basketball. And I'm like, well, I agree, losses happen, but they they shouldn't happen like that. And then everyone's trying to give the silver lining of, you know, teams who have gone to the Final Four lost by 10-plus after January 25th. Well, teams that got didn't even make it to the tournament usually lose after this time of the year, too. So, if we're going to play that game. <laughs> yeah, and just pointing out individuals, Turner and Bowden were a combined 3-4-18 from the field. Yeah, they, they did not have it. Um, and 0-for-11 from three. That's awful. Um who else we got? Oh, uh, Admiral Schofield, like you said, fouled out. Grant was on his back half the time. I thought Jordan Bone played well. He, he did have three turnovers, but you know, I feel like he, you know, there was there were some plays in there where you're like, God, I wish he didn't make that pass. But I thought all in all, he played well. Kyle Alexander just was out of his element. Yeah, he was, you know, not ready to play that physical game of basketball last night. No. I thought the two guys that, you know, you're going to look to and say that was a decent game by them. Usually you're playing winning basketball. I thought Williams and Bone both played what yeah. was good basketball. Um, and even the, these other guys, I mean, Schofield just, I don't know what happened to him. He was playing good basketball. There were a lot of shots that were probably, you know, ill-advised. Um, but we talked about it. You've got to, you know, I don't, I don't feel like there were any shots that it was just absolutely terrible that I'm like, you know, you should never shoot that. Um, at the same time, we talked about how he's got to know that his three isn't falling. You got to get in the paint. Yeah. Um, I, and I think the same with Turner and Bowden, you know, put the ball on the floor. If yeah. you, if you're not hitting threes, especially early in the shot clock, there was one where Turner, like we literally dribbled up the floor and passed it to him and he just shot. Yeah. We, we did that thing where we try to get into, you know, uh, we're trying to match their points each time down possession that, or each possession. That's not a good way to look at it. I feel like we did that a couple possessions in a row before we were like, okay, maybe this isn't going to work. Let's change it up. Um, but I'm pretty confident all these guys can bounce back. Uh, I don't know how Vandy's going to come out Tuesday night, uh, but the guys definitely have a, a lot to figure out before then. Um, it's going to be nice. At least you get to come back home after that, that mm-hmm. game. You don't have to go back on the road, which is nice. Because, um, I mean, Bowden and Turner are going to be guys who it's, it's going to be nice to shoot in a comfortable environment after – uh, shooting a combined zero eleven from three, yeah. They they need to shoot at home. Um, yeah, that was. It not, was just not fun to watch. No, it wasn't. Um, it it was ugly, and you know it was. And I think the refereeing made it uglier because you knew that was going to happen. It would have been. I think I could have swallowed a loss at, at the hands of, you know, just Kentucky, not Kentucky, and the the guys with the whistles. That would have been nice. Yeah. Um. And there was, I talked about it, um, I think, on our last show where Kentucky was giving up 39% um, to opponents from the field, and we were shooting 51% from the field. So something had to give. Um, and, you know, Kentucky was, re- I, I liked how the announcer said it last night. I think it was Jay Billis. He was like, you know, Tennessee came out, like, I feel like ready to play. But Kentucky came out for a USC fight. Yeah, no, they came. They hit us. They hit us in the mouth, and and you know, um, we're woozy. Yeah, we we never really got back up. Um, I'm I'm kind of you know interested to see how that next contest goes when they come to Knoxville. 
Um, it could get really, it could get bad. It could get nasty. Because, I mean. I'm surprised there wasn't a fight last night. You, you know, you heard Admiral talk about how they had never seen him play that physical on film. And now Tennessee's going to be ready. So, I'm, I mean, props to Kentucky for doing your film. You know, uh, if you watch, we've talked about the teams that have given us trouble. Man, they're physical with us in the paint. And, you know, they bang with us. and But usually we come out on top because we're probably ready to play that physical brand of basketball, yeah. which I'm surprised we weren't last night. Again, you're just off your game, and Kentucky's on it. Um, but now that we know what they're going to try and do in, in terms of from the first whistle, it's going to be, you know, man on man, like you like you said, a fight, a fist fight. Yeah. It's going to be nasty in Knoxville. Yeah, I mean, with these teams that you're playing that are in the top ten, you know, you can't just win with talent. No. You have to come with effort. Yeah, for sure. Um, and we just didn't have that. But, you know, you look at Kentucky, you look at Vanderbilt, um, they're on a 13-game losing streak. They're absolutely terrible. Um, but they did play us tough last time in, at Vanderbilt. But, you know, I think we hold Saban Lee in check, you know. They haven't won in 2019. Let, yeah. let that sink in. It's bad. Let that sink in. So, I mean, I, I think this is a perfect game where you get to um, get back to, you know, get back to work and, and get back to your brand of basketball. Yeah. They, they played us good. Um, I imagine we've gotten better at defending off that screen since uh, Vanderbilt because a lot of teams have, have tried to kind of, in their own way, simulate what Vanderbilt was able to do to us last time in, in Nashville. Um, and they've got, you know, Vanderbilt's got uh, Aaron Neesmith playing better basketball. Um, obviously, Saban Lee had a career day against us. Uh, I, I mean, I expect them to give us, again, their best shot. So it's going to take – a better game from Tennessee because we did. I mean, we didn't play great basketball against Vanderbilt last time. That was obvious. We played enough to win, but we didn't play great basketball. Um, so not only is this a good chance to respond from from Kentucky on Saturday, this is a good chance to respond from the last time you played them. Uh, can you guard Saban Lee on the perimeter? Can you not allow Neesmith and Chatu to to out rebound you? Because um, they they did a they did a really good job of of making their presence felt the last time we played them. I would love to see this team play pissed off. I feel like Kentucky played pissed off last night. Yeah, no, they did. They definitely, um, you know, they tried to set the tone from the get-go, and I'd say a lot of that not only had to do with the rivalry, but they probably felt cheated out of their last win. Yeah. So. Yeah, I would love to see Tennessee play pissed off and, you know, get back to that top tier. Because, I mean, after last night, a lot of teams doubt you. Yep. You know, with the weak conference schedule you've had so far, um, I mean, people are going to look at that last Vanderbilt game and like, oh, Vanderbilt is 0-12 in SEC play, and they went to overtime with them. People are going to look at that. So people aren't going to pick you. Um, you know, a- after that loss, you're, you're definitely going to be doubted by a lot of the national media and other people um, in the country. So I think you got to come back, and you know, I- I'm sure Rick Barnes will have his team ready to ready to play its brand of basketball game. Yeah. Um, I, I think we, you know, I think last night was an anomaly. I think it was, um, it was part of that. This game was coming at some point, uh, you know, and the slip up was probably going to be ugly wherever you look at it, whether it was to a poor, you know, a not great sec team, uh, a top five Kentucky team. They'll probably stay at five now after that went over uh, us. Um, you know, it, it was going to fall somewhere. It's just kind of, okay, where does it fall now? Yeah. So, I mean, I, make sure that doesn't happen again. I it hate is. that you lose to Kentucky, but in looking at everything, I would probably rather lose to Kentucky than anybody. 
somebody else. That yeah, I mean, I and I think I, I mean, I've said it a couple weeks ago. I think, Did you have a chance to redeem yourself? Yeah, and yeah, you do. And that, and you lost to a top five team. You know, you're not yeah. losing. Hopefully, you're not losing to Vandy, LSU, uh, Auburn, Mississippi State. One of those. Hopefully, you go and take care of business with those guys. You see Kentucky again in, in that, and hopefully, take care of business. I said it a couple weeks ago. Kentucky's looking good. I think if if someone handed me a split series with them, I'd take it. I mean, yeah. just because nothing's nothing's guaranteed in the SEC. Um, I think it's a better conference of basketball than people give it credit for. You're probably going to have six to seven teams uh, of the 14 in there, which is percentage-wise is about the same as the ACC. Obviously, the ACC is better if you look at their top five or six people. But percentage-wise for the conference, I mean, we got to play those guys not in, not out. I think it's a tougher conference than people give it credit for. You have weak teams. Um, you know, but you have top heavy teams that are, that are pretty good. And then you have that middle pack that can, that'll beat up on each other throughout the year. It's not the easiest conference in the world. Like people make it out to be, it's not, it's not that, but you know, you're not going to go undefeated in it unless you're, unless you're just a really good Kentucky team. Kentucky didn't go undefeated in it this year and, um, don't suspect them to, uh, but, or wouldn't have suspected them to. This yeah, Vanderbilt's a chance to get back on track. You go to LSU next Saturday again. You play a top twenty-five team, a chance to make a statement. It's an away game. This week's a big, big week for you after coming off that loss because it's kind of a like you said, people are voicing that you don't belong kind of thing. Yeah, you put in my opinion, I think Duke stays there as long as they win. But you put yourself back in the number one talk or the talk of you you belong there. If you go beat Vandy convincingly and beat LSU, yeah, because I mean that's just saying yeah we belong. We made a mistake. People people are right. It is a part of basketball. I don't just need to be reminded of it every fifteen minutes. And um, you know you you remind everyone that we play thirty games. It happens. We're back on track. You know that kind of deal. So this is a big week. This is a big week for Tennessee. Um, the loss in high, you know in, in and then the big perspective of things isn't a big deal as long as it's it's in the past. Yep. If you let it if you let it leak over in anything else, it can become a real issue. Yeah, don't let it linger. Yeah, and I I think that's like I feel like if we smack Kentucky around in the mouth with them being so young, that it could affect them in other games. But I feel like with the veterans that we have on this team, the senior leadership, the junior leadership, that we have guys that can just come out there. And, you know, all right, we're not going to worry about that game. It's over. It's done with. We lost. You know, let's get back to what we do and what we do best. That was a jelly time. That was disappointing, too. So I felt like we looked like we looked like the young team last night. Yeah. Like we couldn't get it back together. Like, yeah, I think in in any basketball game, there's going to be periods where you go, you know, you're, you're, you're slower. You're, you're not able to get things going for a period of time. I mean, that happens in basketball games. It was like we couldn't get out of that hole. We couldn't get over this mental uh, hump that we were in. And, and credit to Kentucky, I think a lot of it had to do with what they were doing physically. But you'd like to think that an older team can get out of that slump. And we just it felt like we never able we never were able to, even when we'd hit a shot, come back down, score multiple, you know two possessions, three possessions in a row. We couldn't get keep going building on that. You know Kentucky would do something else to keep us in that hole. So I mean credit to them for sure, but. You would like to see a veteran team get get out of that. Yeah, and I feel like we're we're on the verge of coming back. We just could, we couldn't hit anything. And anytime we did, they responded. 
Yeah. It was very frustrating. Yeah, and, and you know, one thing that I want to point out is they got to the rim easily. Yeah. We only had one block last night. Oh, no, we didn't have a rim protector. And a lot of that, Kyle Alexander only played a handful of minutes. Yeah. He played, I think, not 18 minutes. So, that, you know, he's a guy that's, you know, been one of our better improved players behind Bone. Maybe you could probably argue Bowden. And you know who got the only block? Probably yeah, Fulkerson did. John yeah. Fulkerson. Yeah. Yep. He he uh he's got three blocks in three ga- or four blocks in three games. Sorry. Yeah. Something I want to see more um is I think Tennessee needs to do a better job of rotating players. I think Jalen Johnson has played good basketball and I think he deserves more minutes. And I don't understand. You know our guards were struggling. Bowden and Lamonte were struggling last night. So I don't know why Jalen Johnson really didn't get a chance to you know, I try to do something. I don't know what went on there besides Bowden. Um, he was the only one that played his normal minutes. Everybody else on that bench did not play normal minutes. I know Pons is coming off injury, but, I mean, that gave room for Fulkerson and Walker to get more minutes, and they didn't. Yeah. They they got less minutes than they have the last few games. Fulkerson was right about where he normally is. Um, so, I mean, I, I want to see us blow out Vandy, blow, them, blow their ass back to Nashville, and, you know, get get Jalen Johnson and Derek Walker more minutes. Yeah. I mean, if, if one of these guys go down, like, I mean, Grant Williams got absolutely demolished last night. Yeah. Multiple times. And people were saying, Kentucky fans, and some people I like, I had to unfollow this one guy on Facebook because um, he's always very annoying about Kentucky basketball, which I'm like, I yeah, when you're the best, you just have to scream, I'm the best over and over, right? No, that's not how you, that's not how you're the, if, if, here's the lesson to all the kids out there that are listening because I know there's a bunch. If you have to tell everyone constantly that you're the best, you're probably not the best. They would just know it if you were. Um, so I don't follow him. But he was like, Grant Williams is flopping around. I was like, I don't think Grant Williams flops around. I was like, the man just plays extremely hard. And again, when you get hit going 100 miles an hour, you're probably going to get hit hard. And yeah, Especially with the way Kentucky was playing last night. Um, I don't know. I'm just like, I don't know how you – you can't watch Tennessee basketball and say Grant Williams flops. So – Memphis flops. Mem- yeah. That was – but, yeah, I, I unfollowed that guy on Facebook. I was like, I'm not going to argue with him because I like him, and he's probably going to take it to heart. So I just unfollowed him. Um, we're still friends on Facebook because, God, that would be the end of the world. But um, I lost my train of thought, though. Oh, uh, Derek Walker might have been a good guy to get in there and just be your hockey enforcer. Just let him hit yeah. some people. I mean, he can get some fouls. Yeah, I mean, if if that's only he's going to Alexander and I guess Schofield were in at that point, and you might as well get somebody else in to get some fouls. Derek Walker was going would have fouled somebody if he got in the game. Yeah, and that's I can promise you that. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, just a quick look at the or Kentucky. Excuse me. We'll get past that. We're beyond it. Hopefully, the team is too. Uh, quick look. We've talked about Vandy a little bit, obviously. So we'll just. Look at them real quick. Landon mentioned they are on a 13-game losing streak now. Um, they have not won in 2019. Um, their last win was to UNCA. I have to look up even what their name Ash- is. Asheville. Is that Asheville? Okay. UNC Asheville. Um, I mean, good win, I guess. Their leading scorer was a white guy. That's never good for you. Um, it's been a been a rough 2019 for Vanderbilt. Uh uh, like Landon said, go in there, take care of business, and then you know start this week off on the right foot. You don't have a lot of time to recover from this Kentucky game, so hopefully you've done it fast. I think when you can get it back into a home environment after a loss like that, it helps a lot. Hopefully Thompson Bowling is still full, still loud. 
Um, I would hate to prove to the country that we are Fairweather fans. I don't think we are, so don't prove it to them. I know it's a Tuesday for tickets. I know it's a Tuesday night, um, but still, show out. Be there. Be there. Be loud. Uh, if you are looking for tickets to that game, there probably are plenty left. It, like I said, it's a Tuesday night. We have got someone that can get them for you. Yeah, check out our our friends at TickSplits, um, the official ticket provider of the Armchair Media Network. Unlike other ticketing providers that sneak in extra fees and unexplained service charges, at TickSplits, the price you see is the price you pay. Unnecessary fees shouldn't prevent you from seeing the sporting event, concert, or Broadway show of your choosing. Go to TickSplits.com and enter promo code ARMCHAIR at checkout to receive 5% off your total ticket purchase. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com. Promo code armchair. Take splits. Guaranteed seats. Guaranteed emotions. Go check them out. Yep. I don't know if, what you're waiting on. If Go you're lo- if you're looking for tickets, the best place to get them. Um, there might be plenty of people selling their tickets now, especially yeah, that, for Tuesday night. That's why I kind of want to see if I can get tickets for Tuesday. Yeah. Um, I'll be checking out tick splits tonight. Recruiting news. Recruiting. So yesterday was a big day. Um, you know what? In your opinion, after the 2019 class, what would be the biggest hole that we need to fill in this 2020 class, position-wise? Um, I mean, offensive line still needs to get there, and I think they, they are. They're getting a lot of guys, but behind that, the defensive line needs to – both sides of the ball. I'm glad you said defensive line because Tennessee was able to get a huge, and I mean huge, defensive tackle from – um, St. Francis Academy in Baltimore, Maryland. He's a four-star, um, four-star defensive tackle. And that's Dominique Bailey, and um, he's six-two-two-ninety. That's what he's listed. Um, God dang! Yeah, big dude. Runs a five-three-forty. Um, so could get a little faster. Do we got a big and tall section of the wall shop for him? I'm sure. I hope so. We'll special order that thing. <laughs> um, but Tennessee offered him in April of 2018. Um, and then went on an unofficial visit during the summer um, in July and then uh, was up here for Junior Day um, this weekend and decided to make it official and, and commit to Tennessee. And he had offers from Georgia, um, Florida, Penn State, Clemson, I think. So it, it's a big deal to get somebody that's ranked in the top 200 in the nation and get him locked down and be involved. Yeah, big, big get for them. I agree. Um, we, we've talked about with every guest we've had on the show, and then we say this as well, SEC football is won um, or lost, depending on how you look at it, uh, in the trenches. And we, yeah. we've we've definitely resp- – we're on the right track to, uh, you know, answer those offensive line needs this year uh, and even some defensive line needs this year, but already a good get to, to start filling the, the defensive line hole that we know will be there. Um, and this is still going to be a rebuilding year for Tennessee football. Um, it's a rebuilding project, so that's a good start. Yeah. So my recruit, I did have a fail of the week that involved recruiting, but I'm just going to share that now because it baffles me. Um, have you kept up with all the fake recruit news? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's kind of funny. I want to know what high schoolers are like, like which ones are. Like, if I did that, I would have already come out and been like, yeah, that was me. Because it wasn't even a guy, like, trying to, you know, be cool for his high school friends. Yeah. They just straight catfished rivals. And technically 247. 
Yeah. Um, so at some and did you say, and Knox News? The, well, the anybody can but the, fish Knox News. But how how does a hometown paper miss that? Like, are you like, huh? We've never seen him in a game right down the road. Maybe there's something up here. Yeah, there might be. So for all you local Knoxville people, um, you should know who Blake Carringer is by now. If you don't, he is the best offensive tackle in Knoxville. He plays for Grace Christian Academy. Six six three fifteen. That's that's Tennessee frame right there. Yeah. Um, you would have heard about him by now. So how have you not? It's because he's fake. So people were even tweeting about him, and I don't know if they were. Like I don't know if people were being serious. Uh. But some people like tweet at John Reed, and they're like, no one is talking about a kid named Blake Carringer that catfish. Oh, so he, yeah, he says catfished him. Um, they made up his prospect online, and the service gave him a three-star and even evaluated him. And he was fake. <laughs> so 247 had to change how they do their composite rankings now. Because it used to just kind of like automatically grab from rivals 247 ESPN. Now it won't do that. Because 247 didn't evaluate him, but it showed up that they did. Which obviously yeah. makes you look bad. But yeah. Yeah, Prep Extra's tweet was, who are the top 10 recruits to watch for the class of 2020? A um, bunch of guys you recognize in there. Cooper Mays, Elijah Young, Drew Francis, and then Blake Carringer, class of 2020. Oh, so Prep Extra got it, too. That That's Knox News. Oh, Knox News. That's Knox okay. News, yeah. So, that's funny. Yeah. But you know who didn't? Five-star preps. They didn't. He he was actually, apparently a lot of people were mad because he didn't release a, there was He released like a top 20 of the 2020 class, and there were guys that didn't have, like he didn't have them as official offers, so he didn't put them in there, and they were mad about it. And he was like, that's why we don't do that. <laughs> like, yeah. they have to – I have to know from the school before I, like – Yeah. So, shout out to Five Star Preps. I mean, there are people tweeting back at him, congratulations on your offer from Syracuse, great school, uh, come to Q's, the future is bright. <laughs> Just came to me and told me that he received – oh, Tyson Kellogg, who is this? Is another one? No, it's, it's Karinger. He said – Karinger just came to me and told me that he received an offer from Syracuse. Is it a fake Tyson Kellogg? It might be the person that made it up. <clears throat> Maybe. That's crazy. That's funny. Kellogg, hold on. Who's Kellogg? I don't know. What's going on? Let's let's go to Twitter real quick. But yeah, that's that's my uh, that's one of my fails. Um, thought I'd mention that while we talked about recruiting because that's just. That's yeah. incredible. So this puts this 2020 class uh, at number 21 in the nation, um, but with only five recruits. And one of those, uh, a JUCO guy, Jordan Davis, that was a former Alabama commit, but he's not even ranked right now because they haven't they haven't gotten the JUCO rankings yet. So, gotcha. Um, look for Tennessee to you know definitely be up there toward the top ten. You know I think we put together a better class than we did last year. I think with Harrison Bailey already like working on getting this class to where it should be um, and getting those guys out of Georgia. Hopefully we're able to get some of those guys out of Memphis and Tennessee. Um, so there's never a dull moment in recruiting, especially not. fake recruiting. Right. <laughs> so I guess, uh, you know, people have to make sure like the huddles are real now. I don't know. I'm sure there's going yeah, to be a process. But If you don't have a huddle film, are you even a football player? I love the huddle films that it's like the guy standing on the sideline, especially in basketball. <laughs> Like it's, that's, He's like whopping up the floor. <laughs> no, no, the guy like stands up and you know he cheers and he has like a fist pump oh, after yeah. his teammates hit a hit a three. That, that's the those are the best title films. Um, yeah, make sure you follow those because uh, 
like I said, I wish like I wish I could go back onto our huddle and find like videos of me on the sideline celebrating because I just yeah I'd run that hot. Um, My favorite someone where I pick you up. A heritage. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't. I blacked out. I don't even remember catching the I touchdown. I picked you up, tossed you a little bit, and then we both like had to run to the sidelines and get. I had to take my gloves off and you had to get the tee. I don't even remember like anything about that. The only I remember the only thought I do remember is going shit. I have to make this extra point because that was like to tie the game. Yeah, that like, was... the extra point was. I was like, fuck, <coughs> got to do this. Um, it was my thought. But Jeremy Pruitt um, announced the staff for this season. Oh yeah. Um, I, don't, I need to vent about another staff, but go on. So okay. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so offense, you have Jim Chaney as the offensive coordinator, um, wide receivers coach, assistant coach, passing. Game coordinator, T. Martin. Quarterback coach, Chris Winkie. Running back coach, David Johnson. Tight ends coach, Brian Niedermeyer. And offensive line, Will Friend. Defense, you have defensive coordinator and DBs, Derek Ansley. Co-defensive coordinator and outside linebackers, Chris Rumpf. Special teams and inside linebackers, Kevin Scherer. And defensive line, Tracy Rocker. And then Jeremy Pruitt mentioned that he's like, he's like, I'm also a defensive, like the fifth defensive assistant. Jerry Pruitt mentioned that. Yeah. Um, so look for him to be, you know, deep into the defense. I feel like he was kind of overseeing offense a little bit, but I think with um, you, you saw Jerry Garantano and um, Brian Maurer tweet about how great of a offensive mind Jim Chaney already right. is. Then Alante Taylor mentioned Eric Ansley and how great of a defensive quarter he's going to be. Um, so, I mean, look for look for Jeremy Pruitt to really be in the defense. Look for both of those um, sides of the ball to really improve next season. Yeah, there must be something going on uh, in terms of really drilling home the some mindset things. A lot of guys have been tweeting about finishing through the cone and making sure drills are done right. So Yeah. So I, I feel a, like last year – There's a culture shock there. You didn't really know – I feel like Jeremy Pruitt didn't really know who he had in the spring. Um, so, there, there was kind of – like you had guys work out, but he really didn't know kind of what they were about. I feel like he has a better understanding of the team, and he mentioned some of that in the press conference. So, um, you know, I, I feel like we'll definitely, well, I hope we'll be much improved. And we're ranked 15 in ESPN. Yeah, um, somehow that kind of scares football me. Football power index kind of scares me. Yeah, that's, that's a little, right. little nerve wracking. Speaking of coaches getting announced, Alabama officially announced their coaching staff, and you know who wasn't on there. Bush Jones. Bush Jones. And Wikipedia still has my Maryland, so I thought I would go and check Maryland's coaching staff on, on their official page, and it's not there. So as of right now, Bush Jones is still not have a field a on field position um as a coach. Yet we're still paying his buyout as of right now. So I hope our lawyers are in contact with his lawyers and uh his agent and getting that worked out because as of right now, we're still paying him a lot of money, and he's not looking for jobs. Yeah, and he was offered that Maryland. Job, he was right? he yeah he was offered it and decided we all assumed he'd be getting an on the on field position at uh, Alabama since he came back, but I'm curious to see what happens. I I'd say we'll hear about that in the next couple of weeks because mm-hmm. um, like once you know at some point they'll release the university will release a bunch of stuff about it and we'll know more. Um, but yeah, don't worry. I went ahead and tweeted at Phil Former and Randy Boyd for you. So, Good. Phil Former was at the baseball game yesterday and then made it up to Lexington for the football game. Yeah, it must be nice to have a private plane. Yeah. I'm assuming, I guess he could have made the drive. Well, no, the game, 
That would be a pretty close. He just like threw him out. He just like parachuted down um, yeah. into Rupp Arena. That'd be a pretty close drive because the game started yesterday at two. So unless he left early, you know he left early. Uh, he had all the grandkids, so I don't know. He might have. Mm. That not that'd make the drive. You gotta take them home first. He was at least there after three. It's about a three-hour drive to Lexington, I think. I mean, so it's possible. Yeah. But be tight. Yeah. Be tight. Possible. Yeah, and even if there's if there's uh, traffic or anything, yeah, like I'd say he flew. Yeah, probably. Um, Parachuted down like Fortnite. Yeah. Uh, big weekend for ball baseball. Yeah, big weekend. Great weekend. Never didn't allow a single run in the series. I know it's App State, but that's still not to allow a single run. Yeah, it's big news right there. Your your pitching staff definitely dominated the first game. Um, Garrett Stallings, um, I think he had seven innings. Let me check that real quick. Yeah. Seven innings, um, only gave up one hit, um, zero walks, eight Ks. Um, that was a career high for him. Um, and then the second game, you won that game six to nothing. Um, and then the second game, which I, I got to go to the second game and, um, Lingenfelter pitch, I think he went five innings. Um, and then Garrett Crochet came in and shut down. I think he had eight or nine strikeouts in the four innings. True. That he went. So got you some Mo's because of him. Yeah, got got me some Mo's. So um, definitely a big weekend for the Vols. And then today they played in a, in a rainy day with um, Knoxville, Knoxville hometown kid. Yeah, hometown kid uh, Will Neely from Hardin Valley Academy. Um, the senior got the start. Um, went, I think, seven innings, had five strikeouts, got the win, three three to nothing. Um, and then Evan Russell, the he's a sophomore, I think, from Clarksville, Tennessee. Um, he had four hits, batted 400 in the series, two doubles, two home runs, um, and I think four RBIs, which led the team in you know, all those categories. So, you know, great great way to start off the season, 3-0, yep. got the sweep. Um, and that's the first time a program has gotten a sweep and shut out a a team in a three game series. Yeah, that's huge. Yep. I mean that that shows where this program's at. Um, we talked about how last or on Wednesday, App State wasn't necessarily you know a t- you know the easiest game. What you know it was a win. You should have won the series. Probably should have won all three games, but it wasn't a gimme by any means. Um. But I mean, if this team wants to compete in the SEC, they're gonna have to hit the ball a lot better. Yes. Yeah. And and that you know that like you mentioned competing in the SEC, you're playing in one of the best conferences in the country, if not the best. And um, definitely got a lot to get a lot to get fixed uh, to get there. But it's a good way to start. Yeah, and you only play three SEC teams that aren't ranked in the top twenty-five right yeah, now. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yep. I mean, that could change, but as of right now, you only play three. It's good to see that our pitching improved, though. It's really yeah. good. Which you knew that you had a lot of young guys that were thrown into the fire last year. So Yeah. You knew they at least had experience. <laughs> Whether it was experience getting the crap beat out of them, they had experience on the mound. Right, and there's such different, like, different types of pitching, too, which I think throws off teams. You have Will Neely, who's, you know, a guy that's going to throw high to mid-80s. Um, but he, I mean, he lets the defense play behind him. He, he's great with location, gets fly balls, gets ground balls. Then Lingenfelter, he's able to mow guys down. Um, he, he throws, you know, in the nineties, 
Um, good cur- good curveball, and it's just physically impaling on the mound because he's like 6'5". Yeah. And then you have Stallings, who's just dominant. Um, throws the ball hard, um, you know, has great location, able to, you know, get um, batters off balance. So you, ha- you have a lot of options there at pitching, and you have a great bullpen as well, a bunch of young guys in there, so... Hopefully we're able to, you know, compete in the SEC and at least make it to Hoover. Yeah, that's that's for sure. That's I think that's your goal this year is get to Hoover. I, I think get to Hoover with this team, and it's a pretty successful year. Oh, yeah. Um, especially because once you get there, anything can kind of happen. And I know that means anything can happen the bad way, but anything <laughs> can true. happen the good way as well. Definitely um, true. So uh, I, think, I think that's true. We talked about that wasn't a goal at the beginning of last year, but once you saw what this team had – and, and what they were able to do too, which was kind of uh, play play above themselves, it was definitely a goal by the end of the year because we were just a couple games away, yeah, um, game or two away from being in Hoover. So that was definitely uh, on the table, and we were picked fifth in the SEC East, which is good enough to get you there. Yeah, so. and I talked about that pitching staff didn't allow a single run, like you said. Uh, surrendered just nine hits and held App State to um, one hundred one. Point one oh one was their batting average as True. a team and total thirty two strikeouts in the three game series. That'll do it. Damn. That'll do it. It's good. Um so, yeah. Most important week. Besides Tennessee not giving up a single run. Yeah. I mean that's it's gotta be everybody's most important, right? Right. Um Gwinnipeg. Sorry. Cameron Young scored Huh? What'd you say? What was the first? Gwinnipack. Gwinnipack. Okay. Is that how you say it? I don't know. First word. Sure. That looks like it. Mm-hmm. I just didn't. I didn't know what you were saying. It's it's a smaller school, smaller men's basketball right. program. Um, guard Cameron Young scored fifty five points um, during a triple overtime victory. Final score was one hundred seven to one hundred over Siena on Sunday. Um, it's the most points scored by a Division one player in more than ten years. Conference record, and it's I think it's the highest in this year in in college basketball as well. So, wow, there you go. That's nice. Um, my my most important is Colin Kaepernick. I'm gonna give it to the guy. He stuck to his guns and he's doing a lot for racial injustice, but mainly, and I think this is the main point. He got almost a hundred million dollars from the NFL. Credit to him. You knew you were going to get money, so you were like, I don't need to play. I don't need to be on a team. And then you had the audacity to ask um, the AAF for $20 million. Yeah. I mean, so, some money. Whatever. I mean, do you. I'm not even mad anymore. I'm impressed. Like, seriously, $100 million for really nothing. Yeah, so, I mean. I, it wasn't exactly 100 It's reportedly close to 100 so I think I saw 80 wh- initially. Why does he need, like. I feel like if your big point is racial justice or you know whatever, why do you want twenty million to play in a crappy league? Yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I feel like it, and I feel like why he, do you want a hundred million from the NFL? I feel like it kind of just proves everybody else's point, saying twenty from the AAF because everyone's saying he could be a backup quarterback, but he wants starter money, and then everyone else is like, that's not true. But now I feel like they just proved he proved everyone's point, like. You want like the highest salary for a quarterback? I think is like three hundred eighty-five thousand dollars, two hundred eighty-five something like that. 
Yeah. And you want 20 million. That's not close to 20 million. I'm not good at math, but I know that's not close to 20 million. No. So you kind of proved everybody's point with that. But I guess, you know, you called the NFL on their bluff and you said that the the league blackballed you and I guess you won it. (laughs) It would be different if it was like Aaron Rodgers. But, I mean, I don't feel like the quarterbacks in that league are just like – a hundred times worse than he is. But I mean, the thing is, they don't have. I mean, I think Colin Kaepernick would easily be the best, but I don't think there's any quarterback. I don't think they can afford to pay anybody. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, yeah, twenty no. million dollars. No, that I'd say that's the big kicker. Is it's yeah, not like you're gonna you get that number from? It's not like you're gonna the first thing that popped up in your mind. Yeah, you're not gonna earn us twenty million for us to pay you. Yeah, that's my big thing. I like, there's no way they could pay you that amount of money. And it's probably, I'm sure they have a salary cap that's well below the NFL salary cap. So, I mean, even $20 million over five years, like $20 million over four years, like that's still a lot of money. And who, who wants to play with a guy who's making 50 times as much yeah, as they are? You better be winning every single game for Exactly. You better be. That's for sure. That's for sure. Fail of the week. Of the week. I um, mentioned my first one with the recruiting. Oh, oh yeah. Fake their catfish. Um, so, a. I think it was an Italian team, an Italian soccer team, got beat 20 to nothing with only seven players. Like, they only had seven? Or yeah. the seven beat them? They only had seven. Okay. Um, That's there, better. <laughs> there's some issues with getting the players' um, papers ready. Oh, gosh. Um, Just forfeit. Yeah. They're get they got beat sixteen to nothing at halftime. So nice, Beautiful. nice. Oh, so that second half they played better. Maybe the papers came in in time, or they just like stopped playing. Maybe that that reminds me that we the played goalie a, had four goals from the other side yeah. of the field. We played a team with they're the worst team in our adult league. This was a couple years, two years ago. We on, you have to have at least seven players to play. Like so, if a player had gotten hurt for them in in soccer, game would have ended. Like you have to have at least seven. We ended up winning eleven to nothing. We only had we had seven players exactly, and we had a player turn his ankle and couldn't walk, so he just stood in the back, so we could keep playing. So we didn't have to forfeit, and we won eleven to nothing. Jesus, that's how bad that team was. And I think they only had ten. They might have had eleven players, but they were terrible. That's like that one team in softball that we played a couple weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, you just have a guy hobble around in center field, and you would have won. Still, oh, yeah, like the, they weren't hitting it back there. So <laughs> that's funny. That's wild. Um, my next fellow of the week is none other than our boy Sean Fincham. This could probably be a stupid as an epidemic, but I want to share this with you all today because he said, oh, where'd it go? Oh, I want to read the exact tweet for you. It was about Lane Kiffin. I don't know if you saw it. I don't follow him, but people, other people follow him, and it ends up on my dang Twitter line, so F y'all for all that. He said, the hate Lane Kiffin receives by all fans is comical. The man took what at the time he thought was his dream job, and you folks would have done the same in whatever profession you were in. I forgave, forgave him a long time ago, and you should too. Well, Sean, it was his dream job, not what he thought was his dream job. That was his dream job. I don't think your dream job really changes, by the way. Yeah. So, stupid. Um, second off, no one's mad at him for like taking the job. They're mad at him for leaving after his first year, leaving after or leaving in like literally the middle of the night, and not telling the players until after they already found out from ESPN. Yeah. That's what people are mad about. So. You're an idiot. That was bad. Bad take. Terrible take. I screenshot it before he could delete it. I don't know if he did, but screenshots live forever, Sean. And I, I like Lane. Like, I do too, but like... I mean, and, I, I was I was mad. Yeah. 
But and I feel like if I and I'm sure everyone's like you wouldn't say it to his face. I'm like if I met Lane Kiffin and like if he said I wouldn't just be like hey you're a dick for leaving in the middle of the night. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. But if he was like, "Are you mad at me as a Tennessee fan?" I'd be like, "Yeah, that was an asshole move of you." Yeah, like, you know, I feel like he knows it was a mistake. Yeah, um, and I think everyone, I think he, he's never once badmouthed the program, right? And every sensible person can say, "I would have left for my dream job," but I think every sensible person again would be like, "I hope I would have done it better than Lane Kiffin." Like that was a poor way to do it. Yeah. So, it is what it is. I would like to see him come out and just apologize for it. That would be nice. Um. Because, I mean, I, I feel like that would be the end of it for me. Yeah. Because whatever. I mean, Dooley was oh, a lot worse. I'm not mad at him anymore. I'm yeah. not by any means. I mean, again, if he was like, hey, did did you did you hate me then? I'd be like, hell yeah. You're an yeah. asshole. I mean, it, it, was, it was not the right time for him to have that program. Yeah. Especially after a uh, former. It was, it was just not the right time. No, it was a terrible hire with Mike Hamilton. Yeah. Um, and then we made an even worse hire. Yeah. And then we made an even worse hire. But I blame that on, I blame that whole situation on uh, Al Davis for hiring Lane Kiffin as a head coach. So everyone thought he was a head coach when he was never ready to be a head coach. So screw you, Al Davis. Yeah, Mike, Mike Hamilton is definitely the worst of the worst of everything. Yeah. Oh, he's he definitely did us in. Yeah. I'll say this. I know is Dave he Hart. Still live in Knoxville? Huh? Does he still live in Knoxville? I'm sure. I think he runs a nonprofit. Foundation. He is a good guy. Terrible athletic director. Good guy. (laughs) Great guy. That's a guy I'd be like, you screwed us. You're an ass. He's a really nice guy. I would still hit him. See, I feel like if you're going to punch somebody, it should be Lane Kiffin. No, I wouldn't punch Lane. Because Mike Hamilton's like legitimately the nicest dude in the world. Well, he's terrible athletic director. He's a shitty person for what he did to Tennessee. Terrible athletic director. He's a good guy, though. Um, I spent a lot of money to be (laughs) unsatisfied on Saturdays. Dave, Dave Hart. I will say this. He made a lot of good hires outside of, like, the big one. <laughs> yeah. The, the best. Like, the the one that makes and breaks your job. Yeah. Like, you could have – you didn't matter what the soccer coach was. Didn't matter – which he wasn't baseball. But I feel like he handled the Serrano thing well um, in terms of, like, he put him on that one year. Because Serrano, obviously, I feel like he could be successful somewhere. Like, you don't just get the USA head coaching job. Yeah. Like, that doesn't just happen. <clears throat> um. And he, he did really well at that school in California. Yeah, Cal State Fortune. Yeah. Um, who else did he hire? No, it was he, UC Irvine. One of those schools, yeah. Yeah, I think it was UC Irvine. Um, he got uh, Barnes, which I know he lucked into, but he got Barnes. Um, but, yeah, he just screwed up on the one really big hire that makes or breaks your job. Yep. Which, technically, he just retired, so that's nice. He, he got out with looking clean. Um, that's all I got for fail, though. I don't know if you have another one. I don't. It was Cal State Fullerton. Okay. Um, guys, thank you all for listening. Like we said, we hope Tennessee bounces back Tuesday night versus Vanderbilt, 7 p.m. ESPN. If you want to go to the game, check out Tick Splits. I'm sure there'll be some good prices. No fees, no add ons. You know what you're paying for. Check them out. We appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back Wednesday night. That'll be a recap of Andy, preview of LSU. We'll be talking Vol baseball because baseball season's officially here, at least for college. Yeah, and, and leave us a message. Yep, call us. It's 865-257-9539. We'll put you on the show. You know, ask some questions. Um, just rant if you want to. That's fine. We'll definitely accept anything. You know, we just want to hear from our fans. I guess not really our fans, Tennessee fans. We just want to hear from you. Yep. Um, so give us a call. Leave us a message. And we're bringing the boat in. And we out.